1: After issuance, see bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at FisherHomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Picasso
3: knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200k for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically, for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com. Welcome back again. We are talking about, well, what else are we talking about? The NBA playoff. The
0: NBA? <laughs> oh, sorry, I was supposed to say playoffs, not the NBA.
3: <laughs> we'll be talking about, obviously, that and very very fun conversation with our guest writer producer espn personality justin tinsley is in the building i'm miles gray i'm jack o'brien and this is miles Miles
0: and jack Jack got got mad mad boosties i
4: love it i love it i love it (laughs) all right uh
3: we gotta welcome our guest, one of the foremost and sought after voices look whether it be on sports hip-hop or things directly pertaining to the culture we've got journalist producer and espn personality justin tinsley justin welcome welcome welcome
4: What's going on, fellas? Man, it is a true pleasure to be here. I, I don't know where this conversation is going to lead to, but uh, I'm I'm excited. I, I'm look, We talking the NBA. We talking the playoffs. I mean, it's only great conversation. I mean, and we'll have to talk now. about your work too. Obviously, you
3: did uh, the fantastic thirty for thirty, King of Crenshaw. I think for most people in Los Angeles uh, who know, you know, the importance of Nipsey hustle. Uh, for sure. And if you don't know, sure. please, please check that out. And also, we'll have to talk about uh, you writing a little book. You got a little book coming out?
4: About little book. Notorious B.I.G.? A little something on this largely unknown rapper named the Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls. I'm not sure if you've ever no, heard I've of No, I've not
3: him. heard of him. Is that the same yeah, as yeah. that young man, Christopher Wallace,
4: I've heard about? Well, that yes, that oh. is his government
3: name. That oh, is his okay. government name. That Perhaps clears, up a, of that clears <laughs> up a lot. That clears up a lot. Oh, Right. Okay. Now, I didn't know he was called that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Right? Yeah. Who knew?
3: <laughs> I mean, look, let's let's just get right into it. I mean, we'll we'll get to sure. all that stuff uh, obviously in due time. But I think the thing that is at the top of our minds, the NBA playoffs are in full swing now. How was everybody feeling after that first weekend, Jack? How you feeling?
0: Oh man. I'm excited. Speaking of a thing that we've talked about on our other show, Zeitgeist, that just like randomly came across my desk was how young Biggie was. Like just throughout everything he did, he right. was like so shockingly young. Like it was yeah. like what? Yeah. How? Yeah. He he was 21 when he released Ready to Die. Like
4: yeah yeah uh 20 21 22 and yeah he was he was gone by the time he was 24
0: exactly. So. That ties into what I think has been the most exciting thing about the first weekend, which is the young players, yeah. particularly Anthony Edwards. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, yo, like we we've talked about Anthony Edwards here and there, but like I mean, we devoted the first episode of this show to Ja, and Anthony Edwards came through in his playoff debut, put up put up a cool thirty six. Third most ever for a player 20 or under in a playoff game. Third most ever for a player of any age in a playoff debut. And I don't know. It's watching this happen. Like, it kind of feels like you're watching someone's game come together in real time. Like, in front of our eyes. Like, I don't know if it just feels like that because I haven't watched every game this season. But, like, I remember when he came into the league, everyone was like, well, his shooting... Like he's not a good shooter. Like that's that's the first thing right, you have to understand on about this man. Put a pin uh, in that one and check back with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's check back. Let's yeah. check back in like a season and a half. Um, obviously, you know, like athleticism and strength are are like unparalleled. And then confidence is just unfakeable and incredible. Yeah. And his play-in game and his playoff debut. I don't know. This is like a old head thing, but it reminded me of the LeBron Pistons series where he was all of a sudden unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Like he'd been good. Mm-hmm. Right. But all of a sudden it was like, wait, is did, is somebody like, is that a college player playing against a JV high school team? Like all of a sudden <laughs> it just looked like he could do whatever he wanted. If he chose to every time down yeah. the court,
3: he's like, I will take whatever shot I want to with ease minnesota one point lead two minutes into the third sending away
5: towns edwards step back mid-range is money the confidence just dripping off of anthony edwards with 27
4: here's the thing and for one john morant is deserving of all the praise and adulation in the world like you know I, i went down to memphis earlier this year to kind of really report on not necessarily the X's and O's of like Ja's dominance, but like when you look at the history of the Grizzlies like franchise, they've never had a superstar quality player like a Ja Morant. And when I mean superstar quality, I mean, even things like off the court, of course, you know, Zach Randolph will always be the heart and soul of that franchise for, for, for a lot and deserving reasons. But Ja is different, and you get what I'm saying when I say he's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he's well deserving of having his own episode. Like I love the fact that he posted like that clip from the Last Dance of Jordan <laughs> yeah. with the baseball bat. <laughs> it's just it's just one game, it's yeah. one game. I, I love it. I I, I love that. I think that, I only
0: bring yeah. up the fact that we d- devoted the first episode to Ja not not to be like, and then like yeah. Anthony's better. More to be like, we we struggle to not make every episode about Ja. Uh, yeah, no, that, that is my struggle. So. He's so cool and so like the the things he does. Like even in game one, which they dropped, it was awesome. It was so fun yeah. to watch. Right. Uh,
4: like, it, I I look. I'm I'm not asking for too much. I want both two seven matchups this year to go seven games.
0: Yes. Like r-
4: r- whoever wins. Like I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I'll be fine. But I need both of those to go seven. Exactly. Whoever but wins,
0: of, we all win.
4: Yeah, we exactly. We all win. Now, Jack, uh to what you were saying about Anthony Edwards. I mean, there's there's no. I'll say this. If you find a reason to dislike Anthony Edwards, <laughs> the issue is you. Yes. not Anthony. Edwards. Right. Take a because look in the that mirror. guy. That guy is everything we would want from like, obviously, you mentioned the fact that he came into the league and people were saying like, oh, he needs to improve his shooting. And then he suddenly becomes a terrific three point shooter right mm. like he's he's setting records for for people you know you know players his age in terms of like making threes and his his offensive game like i think at, at some point in his rookie year he got known for like dunking on people mm-hmm. cuz he would put you – he will put you on a poster yeah. quick fast and easy but like his game is so polished offensively that you know in a way that In a way that, like, Vince Carter, he would dunk on people all the time, but his offensive game was extremely well polished. And, you know, but the thing about Anthony Edwards that even sets him apart from Vince Carter is like, this guy is, you know, he gives you a lot in terms of like media interaction. So, like, I, you know, I will say that, like, he's like a six, seven version of Shaq in a lot of ways.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
4: Like, you Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to dominate on the court, but like, He's gonna give you a soundbite, like he had the he had the quote of the weekend. Yeah, like he's like, yeah, it was the kids that talked the most trash at the Memphis game, and I love, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. like I love this guy's game. I love everything about it, and the fact that like he's twenty, we could potentially have thirteen to fifteen more years of this. (laughs) Right, right. You know, like it's it's ridiculous, man. So like, shout out to Anthony Edwards. I I love that guy. I think he is he's going to be a star, a superstar for a long time. And if I had to pick one player that that one player or one storyline or whatever terminology you want to use from the first weekend, is it's Anthony Edwards, man? Like that guy's must see TV. Oh yeah, yeah. He
0: specialized early in his uh, like you were talking about when he became known for dunking on people. First of all, he had a dunk where he jumped over somebody's head and dunked on them. And unfortunately they called an offensive foul because the defender like reached up and touched his leg and then like fell back. But he also specialized on dunking people with his arm at like a 90 degree angle, like just straight out in front of him because he was that high over the rim. (laughs) And like that, that made me realize, Oh, that's a thing you have to unlearn when you're like that athletic is like, Oh, that's very dangerous. What you're doing right there. (laughs) You are too high above the basket like, you need to just go as high as you need to to dunk. As and then, high like, you... as I need to,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but what about as high as I can I go? Can.
4: Well, then you will jump out of the building. Man, well, you, you, when you're 20, you can still love, live yeah. on the edge and reckless like I don't need him doing that when he's, I can't believe I'm about to say this 28, 29. He'll still be young, he'll be <laughs> right. a 10, 11 year vet at that point. But, uh, no, that, that, that guy is phenomenal, man. And he, he, he is exactly what that franchise needs. And I look, I don't know what's going to happen in this series, but they've proven and he's proven that like, no stage is like too big for him. I'm not saying he's going to come up, you know, on the right side every time because that just never happens to anybody. Right. But like, even his coach, you know, up Finch, he's, he's even said that like, he's, he's, he's proven he's, he's improved dramatically on the defensive end from year one to year two. So like, this is a guy for as as entertaining as he may be in like a post game press conference situation. Like this dude is a dog. Yeah, yeah. He's a dog. He yeah. gets after it. Yeah. yeah, and any basketball fan, and I know y'all are like, you love dogs. Yeah. Well, yeah. his mentality is it's so elite,
3: you know, and that's yeah. what's So and like like you're saying, Jack, I think you were saying you can't fake that confidence, right? Mm-mm. And you can tell in the the game that he plays and the words that he speaks. And I think, to your point, too, what makes this series so great is, like, you have on one side Ant saying, I'm ready for this. I'm energized by the the challenge. In fact, I this is all I ever really wanted. Like, you can tell that's, that's where he's coming from. And then on the other end, you have Ja also saying, yeah, that was a good game, but I honestly felt that we lost that for ourselves. And so you're mm-hmm. putting up these yeah. two mentalities yeah. together, and, like, it's only going to deliver some of the best competition that you know that we've seen it. Recently. And we're recording
0: this right before game 2 tips off, so you guys know more about what happened in the series than us, but there's one thing <laughs> that is not going to change and that's how excited I am about Anthony Edwards.
4: One more thing I do want to say about Anthony Edwards, and I think you all said it earlier just like leading up to like this discussion. He wants this moment. Yeah. Like if you if you go back to the one year he was at Georgia, UGA they weren't good,
2: Mm-mm.
4: so he didn't really get a chance to play in like big time, primetime games. And his first year in Minnesota, you know they they didn't make the playoff. Where some people might be like, "All right, well, I'm a little nervous going into this game," and I, it's natural to feel nerves. You could tell he's not only he's not only embracing the moment; he's bear hugging it, right? Yeah, you know, right? So yeah, it, it's it's beautiful to see that.
0: Like the the times when they fall behind or it gets close. Like, that's when you're going to see some ridiculous highlight from him. And also, like, right at tip, when everybody's mm-hmm. amped up, he's just the most amped up. He's just, yeah. like, the one who's like, all right, I'm going to score the first seven points here. Hold, hold this real quick.
4: To be young and spry again. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> what I do.
0: So... We, we're going to get some of his post-game greatness uh, a little later on, just from the past couple of years. I do want to workshop with you guys in just mainlining highlights of him over the course of the past couple seasons. I've realized that um, the I think it's the Minnesota broadcasting team, but like nobody has. Quite figured out what to say after he does something incredible. They have tried ants are deadly, ants are deadly, uh, <laughs> and once they even tried ants bury their dead, which is like a cool fact. Like you ever see ants like going out and, like carrying a fallen yeah. soldier, and right. you know sometimes there'll be a whole line of them. I don't know. Like, can we workshop something for that? It doesn't need to be right now, but like, you know, something.
3: I right because. Is an ant too small and to fully encapsulate, you know, the Is the that majesty? your pitch? No, I feel I feel like <laughs> either cause I feel like ants are just hard Is to Is an work. ant too small to fully encapsulate <laughs> the ant, a name too insufficient to fully embody all of the qualities that he contains. Just
4: dunked it. Like that's too wordy.
0: Ants can lift three hundred times their weight, but like that's again too wordy. <laughs> right, so cool, Matt, yes, cool fact. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah,
4: yeah. If it was on the Discovery Channel, that would be amazing. Yeah, um, you know who we need to consult on this is the Charlotte Hornets broadcasting stuff. because mm. they go in every time. So I'm trying to like, what could you, what could you do for ants? Anthony Edwards. See, this is why I'm not a broadcaster right. either. I, yeah. You know Something I mean? like,
3: there are more than 10,000 known species of ant around the world, but the
2: deadliest <laughs> is right here in Minnesota. <laughs>
3: there you go. Like, that's also wordy. I yeah. feel like, Jack, we always talk about how you get mixed up with his name for the actor Anthony Edwards from ER. So maybe we, my brain that.
0: will not hold it. I, I like when we, we were talking about him on Zeitgeist the other day, and I was like, ant. And, and like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it because Anthony Edwards. And also I think there's like something with like John Edwards, like that, like just it, his name needs <laughs> to be cooler or something. I don't know. Like he, we need to brand him.
3: They're like, somehow Dr. Mark Green sent this person to the ER. <laughs> yeah. Like, call him Dr. Mark Green, the character's name. I don't know. And maybe that's too washed of a reference to be like, I, I
2: get that one.
4: My mother would appreciate yeah, exactly. the ER reference, you know, because she was the, the biggest ER fan right. that I knew. But, uh, now, see, now y'all got me thinking about it's it. like, oh like, my it.
3: goodness, is that George Clooney on the bench? Because Anthony Edwards has pulled up as his co-star. You're like, <laughs> in the early seasons of ER, not many people know that George Clooney actually started on ER. Like, now we're getting too wordy. I don't know.
0: Do we have to move on from Ant-Man as the, like, Ant-Man is a solid heist movie. Like, if he steals it and then dunks it like yeah is or like, paul I mean, rudd wait, to we just need
4: to ask anthony Edwards. Yeah, yeah
0: i know exactly what are we talking about he just needs to- he
3: might <laughs> even just like top of the morning to you because he loves the irish <laughs> accent so maybe that's what it is the
0: antagonist is that that's not good
3: right anti easy buckets
4: task force <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll come up with something we'll come He he's deserving of something yeah yeah
0: um what uh, any anything else you guys want to call out from the first weekend of the playoffs i mean obviously boston brooklyn was yeah. uh all-time classic
3: yeah um, i mean from i, I mean a, a small moment i i just you know i like i like a good block um and and i would be lying if i said it didn't to see rudy gobert uh against josh green that 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 didn't warm my heart just a little bit that would be a lie <laughs> Um, because i just i just love the i love the clip it's everything about basketball you have the confidence of josh green being like okay watch me let me take the baseline spin off of you here we go and then rudy Gobert being like you don't think i'm work on my footwork constantly in the gym to for this exact situation yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, so let's we'll just we'll play this one real quick because i think it's uh it's it's i don't know i think it warms everybody's heart
2: to be a
4: playmaker or a I mean look, I know Rudy gobert man like he he hears it a lot from opposing fans and sometimes opposing players man, but that was an incredible play right
3: there yeah yeah
4: like. That was an incredible play. Like, there's no other way around. No. That that was an impressive block.
3: The recovery, and then just also, like, there was something about Green's confidence where he really felt he's like, I'm out of the woods. Oh, I got him. Yeah. Yeah. I got him. (laughs) And I think that's what I also love about a great play like that, where you're just like, I will deny this moment.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It reminds me of, like, those moments when LeBron is doing a chase down. And, you know, before the person with the ball knows that they're about to get blocked because <laughs> right, right, he's right. like, you can see him counting his steps and like doing the thing that it's like, OK, in one point five steps, that's mine. Uh, and <laughs> like, go bear like Jaws music. Yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> and with Gobert there, like that's, you know, that was a trap. That was a trap that he said. Mm-hmm. He was like, all right, I'm going to go over here. You won't see me. And then I'm going to uh snatch them. right
3: it's yeah it's like that meme where the guy's like oh call an ambulance and then the person's like <laughs> trying to rob them and then they
4: pull out their own life it's like but not for me <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the all-time great internet clips yeah right there yeah, like yeah, that yeah. is one of, i mean it's wild because like out of what there's seven billion people on the planet right yeah what is that like point Oh, oh, two percent of people could ever make that play cuz one you got to be tall enough and two you got to be athletic enough. Right. There's only a handful of people on the planet right now that can make that play. So right. it was it, it it was impressive, man.
0: You know, it was good to see Caruso back defending like that his D on Middleton even though Milwaukee won game 1 his D like that that's just somebody who loves to defend. Yeah. This, this podcast for uh casual NBA fans is all about defense. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the most <laughs>
3: underrated uh, part of the game.
0: It is. Yeah. It yeah. is like when you're truly watching like Alex Caruso or Matisse Thybulle for the Sixers play defense. Like that those are two people who I highly recommend when you're watching when they're in the game just follow them around on defense. Just watch, stay watching them on defense. They love it and they Like, it's kind of ingenious, like, the ways they find to disrupt whatever the opposing team's doing.
4: I'll tell you something else that I really enjoyed from uh, this first weekend of the playoffs. Chris Paul. Yeah. Willie Green doing a great job down in in New Orleans, and I know he and Chris Paul are friends. They used to be former teammates, and they're really close. And I, I thought Chris Paul's comments after the game, where they were basically sending people under the screen on Chris Paul, basically daring him to shoot. Right. You know, and it's just like, do you really want to dare Chris Paul to shoot? (laughs) Like, Chris Paul has been one of the best shooters in the NBA for pre-Obama era. (laughs) You know, he he was knocking down buckets then. So, I don't expect that series to be too long, but I do expect New Orleans to keep it competitive. But uh, Chris Paul at 36, man, Yeah, incredible to watch.
2: In the second half of the season, 17 games. Now he defends Paul on the three. The hat Going for the hat trick, CP3, 4-3.
3: Yeah, he, he plays with, like, the true efficiency of someone who is, you know, like, just seeing the matrix now. He's like, no, Bad. I can just, you know, I just love anybody, like, whether it's Jokic or other players who are just super efficient with their body movement. Just like, let me orient myself one way, and that's enough to give me some space. Thank you, uh, don't need to be I don't be gassing myself out here
0: super producer jabari asked the question that i i i was actually had this same conversation very recently like is this the best version of c p three like is this mm. the best he's ever been, even though you know his athleticism was supposed to have fallen off like three years ago he's on that plant based diet that seems to extend people's careers by a number of years, but like He's only getting better at like the thing that he's best at, which is like knowing exactly how to defeat you, like with just like where he puts his body and where he puts the ball.
4: I think it's a fair question to ask, man, and to, you know what? I'll say it. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so, man. Because obviously, one, you I, you just mentioned how he takes care of his body, and that, that it he he's spoken at length about. How that's changed his career and i don't i don't think you can shortchange that like obviously taking care of your body is i mean one even for non-athletes that's huge definitely for athletes it's huge so uh, and then you couple that with the fact that like he's playing with the best wing player that he's ever played with in his career in devin booker yeah and uh you i mean look deandre ayton we've seen how his career and his game has flourished alongside alongside Chris Paul. Yeah. I, I, I injuries notwithstanding because CP3 has for the most part battled that throughout his career. I like, I think this is the 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 best version of him cuz he's always going to be a psychopath competitor. Right. And we're always <laughs> going to see that. So right. I, I mean and and again his game is not really predicated on being the most athletic point guard in the league. Right. Like, Never has been. You know, Miles, you mentioned it in terms of like efficiency, bro. Like that—that that dude sees the game. Yeah. Unlike ninety nine point nine nine percent of people who've ever played the game of basketball, and literally the only thing he's missing from his career is basically being the first to sixteen wins in the playoffs. Right.
0: Yep. There it is. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about the dopest things we've ever seen on a basketball court. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467 In Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources snag a job is where america goes to
6: hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring
5: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
0: And we're back. And so Justin this is the point in the show where we like to ask our guests a little bit about their relationship to basketball and specifically like what is the dopest thing you've ever seen done on a basketball court NBA or otherwise
4: That that's a really good question.
0: I can I can kick us off with just like the yeah. thing that is occurring to me. So Jordan Poole coming through right now and being like a third splash triplet like is it might not be like any individual play is the dopest thing i've ever seen or like one of the dopest things i've ever seen but his development and like that franchise's development like raises some questions for me that are like really interesting like cuz i i feel like he's just learning like that they have or you know their superstars have figured out like how to create themselves create new players in their mold (laughs) like he looks like he is just like right on the trajectory of Steph and Clay like that might be a bit much but I don't know man it's just it's one of those undefinable like qualities that doesn't get picked up when people like a lot a lot of the conversation around basketball in the offseason like that gets a little tiresome to me is like when people act like they know what each player is worth and like, well, you can't win with that team. You have to like move this guy over here. You need like three blue chips. And it's like, well, you don't know you, or like Steph could just like teach Jordan Poole like every one of his workouts. And suddenly Jordan Poole is like <laughs> 30 points a game in the playoffs. And like, it's, I don't know. It's just really cool to, to see that team develop into the splash triplets.
2: Not at thirty two pool blows by rivers got it
1: and his Man. speed his speed north of south Park.
4: you know it was I was watching a uh, game two of you know Golden State and Denver, and they were kind of having a similar conversation about this so and I'm glad that you brought it up, Jack and it's just like when people talk about player development in basketball. All too often it's about what is the coaching staff going to do for this player? When in reality, yes, the coaching staff is important, but like who are these young players, veterans? Who's teaching them the game in a sense? And with Steph and Clay and Draymond, you can say whatever you want to about the Warriors. They've always been open and willing to be like, yo, let's let's get this person in here and let's, you know, this is how we do things. How does that? mesh with how you've done things and what can we do to bring the best out of you as a player i mean look andrew wiggins just made the all-star team right (laughs) you know and that so like we could say whatever we want to if you're jordan Poole, you got to think you're in the best possible situation like i'm playing alongside arguably the two best shooters of all time Mm -hmm. and a guy who just doesn't mind being a hound on the defensive side of the ball but can initiate the offense in Draymond Green. Yeah. You know, like that, that, like you're always going to be open because they can't double you. Because if they double you, then Steph or Clay is going to be left wide open. Right. And we've already known you can cancel Christmas when that happens. So, <laughs> right. so I I I agree, man. Jordan Poole, a lot of people either don't know or forget. I believe it's since March 1st. He's led the NBA in three pointers. Right. That's why you know, like that, and, and this is a three point heavy lead that we're talking about.
3: Yeah, we were saying earlier off Mike Jack is like watching Game Two, even and knowing that what the Warriors score seventy points in nineteen minutes, <laughs> and ridiculous. then like, and in within that situation is like, oh, here's six man of the year Steph Curry coming <laughs> off the bench, like to add insult to injury, and it does feel like I play a lot of video sports video games for anybody who plays like career mode. It's like that part in career mode where like the star players have to age out and they retire but then you get the regen players that come up that like replace yeah. the retired ones. It's almost as if they just brought a like a regen onto the Golden State Warriors without any of the players retiring. You're like, "Wait, but that's so this is just Gen Z Steph Curry now?" Uh, and
4: who who said video games can be real life? Yeah, right, there you go.
3: Exactly. <laughs> you know, and For like, me, I'm like I'm like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme pointing at I'm like, "That's a regen from a video game." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's, it's it, it, th- I think that really is something to watch because yeah, that environment says a lot about the skills that you learn and the energy that you're around, especially too to have players of that stature who are willing to give you the space to say like, you know what? Like you should you should feel yourself too and mm. play with the kind of confidence yeah. that we do and everybody is winning.
0: We don't have to talk about this year's playoffs, we can go back to Jordan, Shaq, Penny, yeah. who who are your guys?
4: Oh. Man I mean, I think you watch basketball in the 90s. You, you were automatically indoctrinated into the school of Jordan, mm-hmm. you know, and like it, it'd be impossible to. And I have a ton of memories about a ton of different players. But, you know, I was actually talking to Jabari about this even before like we started recording. I guess the most sentimental memory that I have in terms of basketball is watching game six of the 1998 finals with my uncle. And so my uncle uh just for like full transparency and I, I don't mind talking about this at all honestly it's a great memory for me but obviously game 6 of the 98 finals was what June 98 and you know my uncle he passed from colon cancer in January 1999 mm-hmm. so that's the mm-hmm. last basketball game he and I ever got to watch together wow mm-hmm. and he was the guy that like put me on to like all sports basketball football men's women's like it doesn't matter like if it involved competition he just loved to watch it and like he put me on to so much game so but you know jordan was always like one of our favorite people to watch because you know we we were people with a heartbeat Mm -hmm. we loved watching michael jordan play basketball and i think we both knew at the time that like all right well this is probably it right you know like that we weren't saying the last dance at that point but we were like this is probably it and you know my uncle at that point in time he was he was sick he wasn't obviously as sick as he would become but for that moment in time watching that game for however long it was i think that we both forgot that he was sick you know what well, i mean I and we were ju- we were just watching jordan and you know like jordan literally carrying that team on his back in game 6 in utah so like Whenever I see highlights from that game, like, it doesn't bring back, like, sad memories for me. Mm -hmm. It brings back great memories. And, you know, to see Michael Jordan, however old he was at that point, I think he was, like, 35 at that point, you know, go 15 to 35 and drop 45 in, like, game six, and you're just literally watching the dude. Like, no, y'all are going to cross this finish line with me. And I'll never forget, like, seeing that look of, like, just sheer shock and joy and amazement and, you know WTF is going on right yeah. here like how is this guy doing this again? and I, I like my uncle was cheering, so if he's cheering, I'm cheering right yeah and it was it was just a great memory so like for me, that's probably the most sentimental memory I have with with the game
3: yeah, that's I mean I think speaks to why you know sport and basketball specifically it draws you in right because that moment, that shot on Brian Russell. For me I remember when I saw that I, this was like in this era where I felt that athletes were superhuman, right? When I'm like, yeah. "Okay, he has the ball. He scores because he is a god." And that's how this mm-hmm. works and we are mortals, but I can almost have this expectation as I watch that this like supernatural performance will happen before my eyes. And it's those games like that that you know make good on that promise of like what the potential is of sport and you can really say you can sit there and say Watch this. It's going to be the last shot. It would be poetic if he hits this and then (laughs) that's that. And he does. And you just sit with that and you cannot believe it. And it's like all your own hopes and dreams are put into that moment because you live vicariously through the athletes. We can't help that. And yeah, there is that that quality. where like, yeah, for you and your uncle, everything melts away except just to just to sit and bear witness to like the the absolute out-of-body experience it is to watch these like top-tier athletes just you know make it look like it's magic all the time
4: dude i'll never forget sitting in his studio apartment in washington dc like right off constitution avenue i never forget he had a i used to think a studio apartment was like the top floor of the ritz you know what (laughs) i mean like it it was the coolest place in the world if he lived there i was like oh man this is cool like And I thought it was huge. Keep in mind that that apartment couldn't have been no more than like 500 square feet. Right. But I'll never forget that look on his face when Jordan hit the shot. All he did was just like smirk and just like you know laugh. Like this dude really did it again. Like he really really did it again. Yeah. So it's, I I, you know I if I ever meet Michael Jordan after I wake up from passing out. (laughs) um, I'll tell, I'll be sure to tell him that story. Right.
0: (laughs) There are two moments where it felt like for a prolonged series, one player was like, actually, I'm going to take over as the screenwriter of reality. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) it was Jordan in that series and LeBron in the Cleveland championship series, where it was just like, this feels like all right. They're like now nah, this story would be too good. Like I'm taking over, and absolutely no one can stop me. I know Carl Malone thinks he knows what's gonna happen here. I'm still gonna steal the ball from him, <laughs> and then come down and hit that shot.
4: You mentioned obviously LeBron in that 2016 Finals. Obviously Game Seven is remembered because of the block and the shot. And but like Game Five was yeah was incredible. Where they both went for 41.
0: Yeah down three one on the road yeah right yeah. yeah Like
4: th- that that 2016 finals was would was crazy but like for LeBron and I think one of y'all mentioned it earlier was uh LeBron versus the Pistons in 07 yeah I call it the first 48 yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> right I right. never forget, which is crazy because we're coming up on the 15 year anniversary of that game Like yeah. the fact that that game was 15 years ago and I'll never forget speaking to Danielle Marshall who was, of course, on the Cavs at that point. And I spoke to Chauncey Billups, who obviously was on the Pistons. And I wanted to talk to them about what was it like playing in that game. Right. And I also spoke to a fan who was at the game. Shauncey would say, like, dude, we made it an intention to, like, one, get the ball out of LeBron's hands, but two, like, beat him up. Like, we wanted him to know, like, right. there's not going to be any easy buckets here. It was like, it was something about that game five. And, like, we did pretty much control the game up until that point. And Chauncey was like, it's like the light just came right. on. Well, for us, the light went off. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, there was nothing we could do. It was like, yo, Chauncey was like, I got I got LeBron. I got LeBron. Then Rasheed would be like, no, I got LeBron. Then Rip would be like, no, I got LeBron. Then Tayshaun would be like, no, I got LeBron. And the next thing you know, this dude's got 25. Straight And it's like, what do we do against this guy? And Danielle Marshall on the other end is saying, like, just play defense. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Just play defense. Clear Look, out. Clear play everybody defense. out. <laughs> right. Clear out. Play defense, man. So, like, that which is, I think that's when LeBron really became, quote unquote, the king. Right. And a lot of people because he was still a phenom at that point. Right. But, so. Yeah. That, I, that's another great basketball memory of mine, too.
2: And the second overtime. James for three. three. Yes! Oh, and the game no. is tied. Oh. At 107. This is unbelievable. This is Jordan esque. 48 points for LeBron James. 48 points. We'll say it again. The last 25 for the Cavaliers. 29 of the last 30. One of the great performances of all time in playoff history. Authored by LeBron James.
3: I'm also class of 03 when LeBron left high school. And I remember at the time always being like, all right, well, you know, I'm I'm in college, but LeBron, like there was this subconscious thing of always comparing myself to LeBron James. Cause I'm like, well, this person is also <laughs> graduating at the same time. Let's see where our lives end up. And I remember <laughs> May 31st, 2007, when this game's happening, I'm graduating college. And then I'm like, yeah, all right. I know about history. <laughs> and then I'm like, and this guy is a, Absolute phenom, and I'm like, okay, and for, and then I think the, uh, it's oddly enough that was the beginning of, for whatever reason, I began to let go of this very toxic comparison of like where I was at compared to LeBron.
4: Yeah, but you ain't got a degree, LeBron. Yeah. How about that? I was <laughs> like, yeah. ah, when I meet you, I'll ask you if you know who Cardinal
3: Richelieu is as it relates to Louis the Fourteenth or the Sun King, you might know
0: him as. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope 467369. In Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources snag a job is where America goes to hire
6: with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring
2: perfect home sweet home and we're
0: back NBA players are very funny you know what one of my favorite things for the playoffs was Tyrese Maxey you know I'm a Sixers fan so I was maybe paying a little extra attention Uh, but he seems to be having so much fun out there I feel like he is part of this bumper crop of point guards who grew up watching Steph and are just like, yo, like he can hit from anywhere now, all of a sudden. And, but it's also just like pure love of the game and pure joy. And <laughs> there's like a, a thing like, you, we don't think of people just like joking around and having fun when they're trash talking, but like Fred Van Vliet, uh, like pushed him. And thought that he flopped, and they were talking about it. And uh, here we just have that conversation. It's like right <laughs> after the foul was called.
3: Yeah, he felt like maybe it was maybe he was play acting a bit.
0: So he pushes and gets the call. <laughs> but you i didn't go. try to fall down i swear to god i swear to god i'm weak oh it's like that
3: you gotta go in the weight room i'm weak
4: <laughs> like, man that that dude tyrese Maxey, like it's so fun watching him play like just for the fact like jack like you said like you can tell he just loves playing basketball mm-hmm. and obviously if you know his story it's, it's a wild story but like it's hard to root against that guy like it it we we're talking about Anthony Edwards earlier. Like he has that same type of quality where it's like, if you dislike him, something is wrong with you. Because this dude right. he plays hard. Yeah. So like it yeah, I, I I love him too because he's a personality, but uh he's like, look, I'm weak. I got I, I gotta get right. it's only my second year in the league, man. What you want me to do? Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, And then just because we did spend some time with Anthony Edwards' game in the beginning of the episode, he's actually made it into the Daily Zeitgeist where, you know, our listeners aren't huge basketball fans, but we had to talk about uh, when he was being questioned by an Irish dude. Um, Oh, yeah. Let's play that one. (laughs) (laughs) This
3: is
4: an all-time great clip.
3: And I think, again, these are those moments that add to the lovability, or just kind of like, wow, this, there's something so sincere and genuine about him, yeah. uh, just from this very, very simple interaction with a journalist.
1: If you get a win tonight, that will breed confidence going into those next four games against teams in the similar spots beside you in the table. Where
4: are you from, Jim? Ireland. I like your accent. It's tough. Oh. I want to learn how to talk like that. <laughs> but... <laughs> Ask your question again, I was too much listening to your accent.
1: yeah, no problem man.
4: <laughs> I mean, come on man like Yo. you
3: could you can see it into his face too. the second he's speaking, he's like yeah. is accessing his brain, being like, what am I hearing <laughs> like it's like you were hearing like a a song for the first time,
4: yeah, huh, Look, know, what Anthony call that was a straight up. He's straight out of Atlanta, right? And, right. You know that, yeah. a, that, that that comes with a certain accent as well, right? Right. So I I venture to say he hadn't heard too many Irish accents in growing up in Atlanta, right? And but you could tell, like he wasn't trying to be a jerk, no, no. or anything about that. Like he was just genuinely intrigued. And again, man, it's just. Y'all, y'all said this word a couple of times already. The likability of that guy. Like, mm. you just want to root. For yeah. Him. Like, yeah, I want to see this guy happy because when he's happy, he makes me happy. Right. You know, so. And also, Anthony Edwards. Yeah,
0: just the, the honesty to be like, all right, ask your question again because I <laughs> yeah, right, was distracted right, right, by right. your accent <laughs> is something that I don't. And that's the sort of honesty that only comes from, like, just 99.9% likability, where it's like, you can just say whatever you want. People are like, oh, man, I love you. Uh, But also being like, I like your accent, and I want to learn to talk like that. Like The
3: highest compliment. The
0: highest compliment. And I also, like, treating an Irish accent, like a foreign language, like, I- I'm going to get the Rosetta Stone on on that <laughs> accent and start talking like that. Right. If he just dropped an Irish accent on us next season, like... You know, <laughs> that
3: would be incredible. Like, he comes back next season, like, what was the off-season like? He's like, I was just in the gym, man, watching Angela's Ashes on boot Because <laughs> I'm trying to get that Irish accent <laughs> locked in.
4: Yeah. It would be incredible to see him and that reporter have a conversation in an Irish accent. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. To, just uh, I hope wherever that guy is, Jim, I hope he comes back and asks him a question. Yeah, we got to find Jim, that, that, follow up. That's my that's my new favorite buddy cop movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, Jim. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like and jim Interpol has a new case. They have to team up this Irish detective with Anthony Edwards. I'm like, <laughs> "Let's go."
4: I'm there, open at night. Yeah.
0: Also, Jim's accent is cool. Like, not all Irish accents sound like that. That's like mm-hmm. a great Irish accent. And like that combination of words, he sounded really cool saying it. And just having the, you know, poetic soul to stop and be like, hey, you sounded really cool saying that. Yeah. <laughs> like, those words sound cool in your voice is wonderful i'm
3: really into the irish brogue you know yeah (laughs) i'm trying to switch up my whole swag but also speaking to like his honesty right we were talking about his post game comments too and you can just tell from the way he speaks he's not trying to trick himself into believing what he's saying you can tell like there's just this sincerity that comes across where you say oh this person is this confident and truly believes in himself and also again Just giving us another moment of being confident while also lovable and speaking like my grandpa.
6: (laughs) No, A lot was made about their uh, pace, their physicality. What do you think you were able to show here about your style of play and ability to control the game?
4: That we the ones, Jack. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) We
3: the ones, Jack. Um, We the ones, Jack. Old school player for real saying Jack. All right, Jack. I love it. I mean, wow. Yeah. It's just,
4: you, you can't, I don't know how you, how you get upset about that.
0: You know? Yeah. That's, that's
4: it's, beautiful. The problems with you, not him. Yeah. But again, let let that be the rule from this episode right. right here. The problems with you, not him.
3: Open your arms <laughs> and accept the blessing. That is, we are watching somebody where if this is, we're not even close to seeing what the ceiling is for this person. Oh my so God. So if Stop. this is the first that's, floor, like <laughs> where, where, if we're in the where?
4: lobby. Yeah. <laughs> like we're in the lobby. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, this man. is the lobby?
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're seriously.
4: Fat. Big fat.
0: Yeah. All right. Justin, truly a pleasure having you on the on the show, man. Where uh first of all, where can people find you? And also, like I'm I'm very excited. I am uh, if I sound distracted, it's because I'm furiously pre-ordering your book. It was all a dream, <laughs> Biggie and the Appreciate world that, that made him uh out May 10th. Um, but yeah, tell us about the book and tell us where, uh, we can find you on social media.
4: Uh, well, I'll get the social media out of the way first. It's actually really easy. It's my name (laughs) at Justin Tinsley on, uh, I'm most active on Twitter and Instagram. I'm I'm on Facebook, uh, for the professionals out there, I do have a LinkedIn profile, Uh, um, <laughs> I have not yet mastered how to use TikTok. I got, I got to get my little cousin to teach me how to... Just learn. Really, that's um, what I do. I'm a learner, yeah, you know? Yeah, that, that that's all I do. I got the app, but I don't post anything. Yeah. But in terms of the book, you know, as you said, it comes out May 10th. Beyond excited for it, man. We, I, I'm doing a lot of traveling uh, in these next couple of weeks, just in promotion for it. Uh, and just in relation to what we've been talking about here, which is just all things NBA... Uh, when you when you pick up the book, when you read it, you will see that there is like an NBA influence on the book. Uh, I didn't necessarily get a chance to interview Allen Iverson for this, but he's, over the course of his life and his career, he's spoken about uh, Biggie Smalls and about their relationship because they were actually very cool. And uh, Biggie, in the book, there's a scene, I won't give away the entire scene because you know, obviously I want you to order the book, but uh, there's a scene where Biggie gets up he goes to a Clippers Sixers game in late February ninety seven because Biggie also knew the late Malik Seeley, who was playing for the Clippers at that point in time, and he was obviously close with AI. And there's a really great scene that I think is painted in there. It just shows like the humanity of who like Biggie Smalls was, Christopher Wallace was. And, you know, I, I spoke to Shaq, who was supposed to be at the party at the Peterson Automotive Museum, where, you know, that was uh, the final moments of Biggie's life, but Shaq actually overslept because he and Shaq were, were very cool. They recorded the song together, and on Biggie's debut album, Ready to Die, he name dropped Shaq, who was, I believe, maybe in his second year in the league at that point with the Orlando Magic. So they they had a tight relationship for a while. And Grant Hill, he's actually in the book because he was he was he was actually at the party. Wow, that night at, at the Peterson Automotive Museum. So he he saw Biggie for. Uh, a couple of moments at at that party. So in terms of NBA connections, uh, those are definitely in there. But I do hope this book for a lot of people who may know, obviously know who Biggie Smalls is. I do hope this paints him in a more humanistic light, Uh, just shows that like, yeah, his life was more than just, you know, big hit records, beef with Tupac, and then had a very infamous death. Yes, all of that is part of the story, but it's not the entire story. It's just it's honestly chapters of a very long story of a guy who was only twenty four years old when he passed. I mean, you know, he was it's which unbelievable. Is, it's unbelievable. So Biggie, it was all a dream. Uh it was all a dream, Biggie in the world that made him out on May tenth. Please pre order pre orders are actually very important. Yeah. For for, for for books. Uh so yeah, I, I hope you read it. I hope you enjoy it and um yeah, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. I may see it on there. I may not, but uh, but definitely Twitter and Instagram. Let me know what you think. And also, too, I I I'll use this this shameless plug. You, if you go wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to the King of Crenshaw. Yeah. That's another project that I did with the Deep NBA Connection. that talks about Nipsey Hustle's brotherhood with uh several players within the NBA and how that influenced them. Not, not just on the court, but more so off the court, and why that friendship will forever remain important to them. So. Oh, amazing. And also, yeah. are you working on something with Dwayne Wade, too? Oh, yeah. So Dwayne Wade came out with a photographic memoir. Uh, it's called Dwayne. And I got a chance to work with him personally on that, which was one of the great highlights of my career. Um, Dwayne Wade, who just happens to be uh, uh, Tyrese Maxey's favorite player growing up. And mm. you can kind of see in the just the intensity of their games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I got a chance to basically work with him and got you know tell his life story, and that that was that was incredible. So like yeah, it's it's a it's great great coffee table material. Yeah. Uh, D, D Wade, shout out to D Wade, an incredible guy. I love working with him, and uh, I consider him a friend now. Oh, sure. amazing. All right, got some good friends, man trying
0: to yeah uh miles where can people find you
3: oh find me at miles of gray wherever there's at symbols you'll find me there
0: (laughs) you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien uh you can find us on the daily zeitgeist if you're finding this some other way (laughs) and yeah that's gonna do it um that's been another uh episode of Miles, Miles and, and Jack, Jack got, got mad, mad boosties. boosties. There it
2: is. <laughs>